Martin Luther, the father of Protestantism, is quoted as having said, Even if I knew that tomorrow the world would go to pieces, I would still plant my apple tree today. This proverb has been interpreted a number of ways. As a member of the modern secular culture, I hear it as an admonition to live my life with a sense of purpose, with a sense of self-possession. I hear it as an appeal to character, saying that even if the winds are blowing in my face, I must have courage to do what is right. On researching the origin of this quote, I found an interpretation that suggests he was not talking about character, but faith. That even when facing the end of times, the call is still the call, and the belief in God, not personal character, is the source of the courage needed to continue. The truth about this quote, however, is that it was probably never said by Luther. There doesn't seem to be any evidence of it prior to the 20th century, but this hasn't kept it from becoming a beloved source of inspiration. Christians all over the world have planted trees, apple and otherwise, in honor of Luther, in an effort to connect themselves with a lineage of faith and character. And I suppose that the adage remains popular because, regardless of our motivation, we like to believe that our purpose for being in this world has some higher calling, that we don't do things just for whim and fancy, but because there is something important about this experience. Maybe it is found in God. Maybe it is found in the humanistic values held by community, which guide us as we seek to live together. But either way, something is larger than just myself. Living like a specter, like a shadow over this idealism, however, is the darkness of the end of times. Even if I knew that tomorrow the world would go to pieces, I would still plant my apple tree today. Theologians call this eschatology, the belief system that is concerned with the final days of humanity. Within the Jewish and Christian context, we often associate it with judgment and apocalypticism. But eschatology isn't just a Jewish and Christian belief. Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims, Zoroastrians all speak of an end of times and ask, who will you be when this day comes? This belief has also found a home in the contemporary environmental movement. The apocalypse is coming in the form of rising temperatures and ever more erratic weather patterns. Judgment is upon us, and we have sinned in our worship of oil, in our gluttony of mining, in our idolatry of consumption, and for this we will suffer. This particular eschatology has found fertile ground in progressive circles, and many have begun a conversation, albeit not a loud or focused one yet, about how we are supposed to chaplain people during the end of times, as the climate changes and people look to us for answers. Who will we be, we ask one another, when this day comes? And perhaps this is why I hear the Luther quote the way I do, as a question of character rather than as a devotion to God. My eschatology is not framed by a judgmental deity, 
but I do find myself looking to the future with trepidation, looking at the dark shadows looming on the horizon. But many of us are too concerned with the daily tasks of our busy lives to think too far into the future. Environmental collapse still exists as an abstraction while very real social tensions seem to be unraveling in front of our eyes. This election cycle has been anything but reassuring. And any political analyst with her finger in the wind should be concerned about the levels of anger present in our nation right now. But I think the two miseries are related. The looming environmental problems do, I believe at least unconsciously, stress social conditions. During the four presidential debates, we heard almost nothing about the environment. And regardless of who is elected, I expect American capitalism to proceed as designed, which is to commodify what is not yet commodified and exploit what is not yet exploited. I see no political resolution to this environmental eschatology. And the anger, the anger in our culture just distracts us from recognizing this coming future. So who will we be when this day comes? Who are we meant to be? What is our call as spiritually motivated people, as people who believe in the transformative power of faith? Is it a question of living out our character, of upholding and promoting a set of community values that is larger than our own egos? Or a belief in God that gives us the courage to walk through the darkness even if we're not certain in our own strength? Or perhaps both. Even if I knew that tomorrow the world would go to pieces, I would still plant my apple tree today. I believe we are called to the purpose of re-sanctifying the world, of re-sacralizing community and our relationship to one another. We are the people who believe in the more beautiful world. Our eschatology is not judgment and apocalypse, but empathy and companionship. I believe we have something to say about the anger in our nation. I believe we have something to say about how we should live with one another as compassionate human beings. I believe we have something to say about the looming environmental concerns. June Jordan, in a poem she wrote for the women of South Africa in 1978, called out, We are the ones we have been waiting for. We are not going to be saved by any presidential candidate. We are the ones we have been waiting for. No one is going to plant our apple tree for us. I believe our call is about our character and our faith. We are called to be in this world. We are called to be the chaplains. We are called to be the prophets. Not only to see us through these days of anger, but also to cast a vision into the future. The future is not known. There is no book that is going to tell us what is going to happen. We have to bring the power to the vision and to the community and to this world. Our courage and our faith together will give our action meaning. 
Thank you for listening to this meditation. You can find a written version of it on my website at ianwhitemar.com meditations. Who are the people in your life who would enjoy and benefit from this meditation? Pick one and send them a link. Maybe start a conversation with them. What is your call inviting you to take on? What would you need to become a chaplain in our world? The spiritual journey isn't something we need to do on our own. We are meant to travel the path with partners. I hope you'll join me again next week.